Hi, I'm Jeff Ray, your host for Economic Outlook. Welcome to our show, where each week we take a deep dive into the regional economy and the people, companies, communities, and projects that are helping our region grow. The rollout of three COVID-19 vaccines have businesses excited about the end of the pandemic and a return to some normalcy, but has also created a whole new list of questions as to how they should approach vaccines in the workplace. We'll sit down for a closer look at COVID-19 in the workplace and how employers should approach vaccinations coming up on Economic Outlook. Can I require my employees to get vaccinated? What are other employers doing? How should I approach vaccines in the workplace? These questions and more are top of mind for employers as they're carefully navigating this in their workplaces. There are no easy answers, but we're going to attempt to give you a better understanding of how it's being approached on today's show. Please join me in welcoming a familiar face, George Lepinotis, my normal co-host, but also a practicing attorney here in our region for that conversation. Just one note before we get started here at WNIT, we're respecting social distancing and as such have both our hosts and our guests joining us virtually instead of in person. George, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Hey, George, I'm thrilled to sit down with you and appreciate the good work that you do normally on the show. And we're, we're going to put you on the other side of the microphone uh, today and tap into your expertise for those who, who don't know. George uh, kind of moonlights uh, with us as uh, on, on the economic outlook, but his, but his day job, he's a practicing attorney uh, here in uh, Southwest Michigan and in, in Northern Indiana. And so we're going to tap into that experience today. So George, thanks for offering uh, uh, some of that, uh, that advice and expertise. And really, we want to just have a conversation. And so George, generally, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of excitement in the community. I think the rollout of three vaccines, uh, the open uh, ages that now people can enroll. Um, th there, there's hope, I think, uh, uh, people are optimistic that we're getting close to the end of the, uh, the pandemic. And, and, uh, but it also is, is uh, causing a lot of questions in the workplace. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, that today. And so thanks for, for sharing your expertise on that. So generally, let me ask first, just that as you're dealing with your clients and such, uh, you know, what, what is their uh, state of mind now? I know there, many are probably tired of COVID, but are they optimistic about this coming to an end? Yeah, I think so, Jeff. I think that uh, we as a society have gone through a lot this last year and employers are no different than the rest of our population. Um, I'd like to say that, I'd like to think that it's purely a, a rational, reasonable thought pattern on uh, a vaccine coming to cure a disease and a pandemic about to be over because the population will reach what they call uh, that, uh, that herd immunity. Um, I, I'm not sure it's quite so simple. I think that there's some there are some other thoughts, political and otherwise, but generally speaking, I think employers are very excited to have an option uh, to get past COVID that doesn't involve uh, losing revenue, shutting down, especially north of the state line in Michigan where uh, you know shutdowns have been a bit more, well, more than a bit, they've been more prominent and pronounced. Great. So, so George, you know, in, in the workplace, we've seen many stories in, in local media and such that where businesses had to shut down uh, because of an, a COVID outbreak, maybe among staff or so. So, uh, so clearly some lost revenue. So, so I know businesses are in this mindset of I got to stay open however I can. And, and we want, we want it, customers. And, and so this is, I think, where vaccine, you know, conversation, uh, you know, starts to go. So, uh, so now every employee is eligible uh, to get a, uh, a vaccine. And so first, you know, you know kind of how, how is that going? Are, are, um, my, my guess is many are thinking 
Um, hoping my, I hope my employees are signing up voluntarily, but but give us a, some insight into what uh, what what employers are thinking as vaccines are now available to their employers. Employees. Sure. Yeah. I, I think the first thing that they're thinking is now that we're past some of the availability concerns, they're probably thinking how can we um, utilize this to the to the uh, you know to the betterment of the business and also for the safety of the employees and the customers. I mean, I think that most businesses. I don't like talking superlatives because they're, or, or they're, they're oftentimes, there are always exceptions, but most businesses are conscientious and understand that the safety of their customers, their, their employees and themselves are, are top priority, even beyond just driving revenue. You can't, you can't be in business safely. Most people would never do it, or at least, uh, you know, in, in the most safe way you can be. And now the vaccine provides that alternative. So I think uh, our clients are coming in and asking us, Hey, what do we do? Uh, you know, the number one question that we'll probably get into a little bit later is, can I demand or can I require that my employees get this vaccine? The interesting note is that the most, what I'll call the most uh, high risk for transmitting the disease or causing greatest harm were the first people that got it in those first responders, those medical and healthcare professionals, those people were, uh, those professionals were, were, had access to the vaccine long before we did. And I think by and large, you're seeing a significant amount of adoption. Uh, I think you're seeing a, a large percentage of those employees taking the vaccine when it is available to them. Um, I think Jeff, you have some experience here in St. Joe County, but in Berrien County, Berrien County rolled out the vaccine and actually reached out to employers healthcare employers, dentists, doctors, hospital facilities to help coordinate vaccination of staff. So it was a hand-in-hand -hand corroboration between the municipality, the health department, and the employer to try to get the employees vaccinated. Um, of course, that's just one step of the equation. The employees may be vaccinated, but then you're also talking about the general public, the customers, uh, and that takes you into a whole nother conversation. Great. So, so let's talk about employers. So employers historically, some have mandated things like uh, flu shots for their employees, again, wanting to keep the workforce uh, safe and people working and the, and the doors open and, and such. And, and that seems normal. Um, the, the COVID vaccines may be a little bit different. This came, um, you know, in, in some people's minds quickly under an emergency, uh, you know, authorization. And so I think it's kind of creating uh, maybe some confusion on the employers. And, and I, I think what I've heard, and maybe it, this where your input is, is really important, is that um, th there's great debate about whether they can require their employees uh, to get it or not. Should it be, should it be mandated? It? Should we just encourage? Should we incent people to do? Um, I, and my guess is there's some strong legal arguments on both sides, but give us your perspective on that. Yeah, let's start with the basic legal premises that there are always argues, arguments on both sides of the equation. And you know, you really can't pick a topic that two lawyers can't figure out how to argue. The reality is that this is somewhat new, a, a new area of law, not, in the necessi not necessarily in the vaccination arena, but in the emergency use authorization uh, arena. And let's talk about that a little bit. Legally speaking, both Indiana and Michigan are what we'll call uh, at will work states. So the employers are there at the will of their employer. I'm sorry, the employees are there at the will of their employer. That means that an employer has broad discretion on how and when, what it wants to require of the employees uh, within reason and within legal limits, 
but requiring your employee to get a vaccination as a condition of employment, generally speaking, is allowable. There are exceptions, like every legal rule, there are exceptions to the rule. The most glaring exception is uh, religious freedoms that we enjoy in this country. So if you have a legitimate religious tenet or belief that would preclude you from getting the vaccine, and, and I don't particularly know uh, what those, I, I don't know all religions, but there may be some religions that don't believe in that man-made intervention in the human body or, or something like that. But that isn't just, that's beyond just, I don't believe in it. It is that I am a member of this religious organization. I hold these religious, religious tenets to be uh, sacrosanct. And there is evidence of that. Um, so that is a fairly narrow exception. I know the, I, I don't think the, the, the more uh, highly recognized religions prohibit vaccinations or have tenants against them. So that would be a, a narrow slice of the population who might be able to claim that exemption. The other exemption deals with uh, disabilities or medical requirements. There may be a medical reason that you cannot get the vaccine. Uh, in the past, this was actually a topic that became fairly well litigated in the past. And from a legal perspective, we only know the law is, is, is only really interpreted when there is a challenge to it. And uh, the challenges that we've seen in the past involve other vaccines, smallpox uh, and, and those types of vaccines. And they are fairly old case law, but they do stand for the tenet that if a person has a medical condition that precludes them from becoming vaccinated, and then, then their employer cannot require that of them. That is, that is kind of beyond the at-will concept. Uh, and uh, the courts have upheld those. So there, are, there is a balance there. The EEOC, the, the Employ Equal Employment Opportunity Commission also has some regulations that might come into play here. But again, all of this is very new. So, and this is a unique, strange arena like the rest of the past 18 months have been. We are learning as we go. I'm not aware of any significant legal challenges to an employer mandating vaccination. That doesn't mean they're not coming. They might be making their way through drafting or just in preliminary stages of being filed with local and state courts, but um, I'm not familiar with any as of yet. I do believe though that, we are that we're waiting for that. Um, and, and on the flip side of that, we're also looking to the legislature, you know, the legislators looking legally at what it might do to intervene in this, Jeff. And um, for instance, I know uh, Indiana, there's, there's a house bill. And it, if, if memory serves me, I think it's 1488 um, that is being drafted now, or, or maybe even has gone past first reading that would make it uh, a, a violation of Indiana labor law for an employer to mandate an emergency use vaccine. Um, that's important, that distinction is important because it would only apply to emergency use. Some of the things that employers are concerned about are other vaccines that have been re required for years, such as the flu vaccine. Great, thank you, George. Uh, you know, it's interesting even in the last week or so, no, like Notre Dame, for example, has uh, required uh, students uh, before they come back in the fall have to, um, I'm not aware as much of employers yet, but I, I, I think you make an important distinction there that emergency use authorization um, has some, you know, you know, kind of wondering if now is the right time to, to mandate it. I'm, I'm actually seeing more encourage it than, than, than mandate it, but I think, but I think some are, are, are kind of really wrestling with that because, and I think of, you know, my position as a, 
as an employer, um, you know, I obviously want to keep, as you mentioned, I want to keep my employees safe. I want to keep my customers safe. How do I best do that? So, so let me ask just from the employer, um, you know, standpoint. So, so COVID has blurred a lot of lines, I feel like, right? So, so typically my employees' health information, very personal. I don't have a lot of right to sort of ask about it, understand it, whatever. But during COVID, I've asked them a lot of stuff. I've asked them every day about their temperature, if they have any symptoms, all that. Now, um, you know, can I ask them um, if they're vaccinated or not? You know, talk a little bit about, you know, sort of that balance there and, and, and things like that. If, if, if that's a, a question an employer can ask about uh, the, an employee's vaccination status. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think what you're referring to is the protected health information. And most of us are familiar with the acronym HIPAA. Uh, we've signed documents that, that relinquish our HIPAA rights from our providers uh, and, and those sorts of things. HIPAA, generally speaking, and I'm not a HIPAA expert, there are attorneys who can speak a lot more articulately and, and in depth as to the, the, the ins and outs of HIPAA. But HIPAA is a law designed to keep your medical providers from releasing protected health information contained in your medical records. Uh, you know, for if you can think, for instance, you wouldn't want your neighbor to know that you might have a particular disease, even if your other neighbor is your doctor. So um, there's HIPAA was designed to keep your, your medical records protected uh, so that um, they couldn't be hold, held against you. But as a condition of employment, we often give our employers protected information, our social security numbers or our availabilities or where we might be. That, that's part of the contract. That's part of the agreement. And that contract sees us voluntarily giving our employer the things our employer asks for that uh, are a condition of our employment. And so um, you're right to say that we are in a different world and I, uh, it, it's a unique situation and it's a unique reality where we are blurring the lines between privacy and the greater good, which is always seems to be uh, where we go, right? Post 9-11, our privacy was invaded um, in the early 2000s with some laws that were enacted that allowed uh, for illegal, what would previously have been considered illegal searches and seizures. So, um, you know, there's always that give and take between a person's privacy rights and the needs of society. And I think in this situation, so far, we haven't seen many legal challenges to the protected health information. And I think largely because our society as a whole, the individual members that make up our society, see the value in providing that information to the people that they, that they, they work with and work for. And so it, it really hasn't become a, a litigated concept, but it could be. Right. I'm going to ask you. I know you. Uh, I know you're not a doctor, but, but but I think that these get blurry sometimes, right? Between the medical and and sort of the legal, uh, you know, pieces of this, because you know, because part of me as an employer thinks that now that uh, the that the lion's share of my employees are vaccinated, I can I can put different practices in place in in the office, right? Can I can I take masks off? Can I take the signs off the wall? You know, those, those kinds of things. I, I think employers are anxious to return to some normalcy. Any advice though to employers on, on how to maybe continue to navigate things like that? I, I, again, I think vaccines give them, give them a certain amount of confidence, but uh, um, how should an employer approach that? Well, I'll, I'll caveat this by saying the best way an employer can navigate these concepts is to seek legal advice. 
you know, individualized one-on-one -on -one legal advice. I, I'd love to say that in, what do we got here, Jeff? 24 minutes, I can give everybody everything they need, but that's not true. There are many, many uh, specific and individual fact-based circumstances that must be taken into account. And so there is, um, there is very much a benefit to every employer, small or large, no matter what you do, just seeking that hour of advice from your attorney to see what you can and can't do in your particular industry. Uh, attorneys have become kind of very familiar with the COVID regime, the CDC guidelines. My firm, for instance, Craig DeVault publishes guidelines almost daily. Um, and, and I would say over the past year, most if not 75% of them have been related to COVID. So COVID is, is on every attorney's minds and your attorney can help you navigate these situations. But I will say in general, I've often, I start all of my conversations with my clients when it comes to COVID with caution is your best friend. Whether you believe it or not, whether you think it's overblown or not, whether you think it's overdone or not, whether you're tired of it or not. I personally am very tired of it. But that, that, that being tired of it does not, bring me to the point where I feel I can tell my clients, stop wearing masks and don't worry about washing your hands. Uh, that seems like silly advice. And I think the best advice we can do until we are given a scientific all clear uh, is to continue to keep our guard up, to continue to be cautious, uh, but thoughtful. There is the need for our businesses to survive and grow. And if they don't do that, the, the, the ramifications will be great and ramifications that, that we might not be able to get over economically. So it's important that our businesses grow uh, and that they continue that they get back on track, especially some of those industries that have been hit hardest, such as the hospitality industry, restaurants. But um, you know, what I say to the, for instance, let's take a restaurant owner who comes in to see me, I would probably tell him to continue to wear masks and gloves. And you know, he may ask me, well, can I start serving the other half of my tables? I think that really depends on his situation and how close those tables are and how he feels that's important. Uh, I think the general consensus uh, is that herd immunity is closer than, than, it, than it was even a few months ago. So hopefully we will get to that point this summer. Uh, and I'm hopeful for that date. Others may not be uh, where, you know, practically we'll be able to get over this a, a little bit more. Great. George, early on in the um, pandemic, I think as I was talking to business leaders, perhaps the, the greatest um, concern many expressed was about liability related to COVID. Could a, could a employee say, I got this at work? Could a customer say, I got this you know, shopping in a store? I, I think many feared that lawsuits might um, evolve out of of um, uh, those types of activities happening. I know in Indiana, for example, this session of the General Assembly uh, and, and uh, employer liability protections were, um, were passed. I'm less familiar with sort of Michigan or Nashville, but can you just speak a little bit to employer liability and kind of what's happening on that front, um, maybe here in the region or across the, the country to help uh, uh, protect businesses who've had that concern? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, the reality is that liability is oftentimes a major shaper of business activity. And I think of things such as seatbelts in cars or uh, other types of safety precautions in consumer goods. Those are often driven by uh, litigation. And 
the fear of or the fear of that type of an award that could be catastrophic to a business. Uh, again, I'm not privy to every lawsuit ever filed on earth, but so far I've not heard of a, a dearth of these types of cases where people are suing because they got COVID. Part of that is most likely due to the fact that we are still in it together. We're still in, we're still in battle mode. And, and oftentimes I think we as a society, as an American society are, you know, that's our greatest asset is we're always, we'll always band together to fight uh, a common enemy. Uh, and whether we, we totally believe in it or not, I think Americans are still very much in that, that, that frame of mind. But at some point, one of two things is going to happen. Either uh, COVID liability is going to become, come to the forefront, which we haven't seen yet, or uh, the legislature is going to provide some sort of immunity. I think that in the federal level, there was some talk during some of the stimulus um, uh, legislation to try to get immunity for employers. I'm not sure that that ever came through, but I do think that uh, it was, you know, it, it's still on the horizon. I really think it also depends on the science and when herd immunity happens. But uh, you know, there's there are there are examples of outbreaks that can be traced specifically to business activity, and then specifically thinking of some of the meatpacking plants. Uh, out west that had, uh, you know, that were obvious epicenters of a COVID outbreak. And can those employees go back and sue the employer? In most states, no, because there's a, you know, there's a, there's another regime. You're not allowed to sue your employer, for instance, in Indiana, because of worker, workers' compensation laws. You have a regime that you can look to, to provide you with compensation and care. Um, and so far, COVID has not, uh, has not, I'm not sure that many people have gotten coverage under workers' compensation for COVID-related uh, infections. But um, to answer your question in short, Jeff, I don't think we're seeing it. I, I'm hopeful we won't see it because I don't think it's anyone's fault. I think that you know those those meat processing plants I talked about, well, they're producing food. We need food. It's a simple concept. So. Um, I hope they don't get sued because they tried to produce food, but I also understand it from an employer's perspective. I think employees need to be cognizant, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier. You always want to use your best efforts. You know, you always really want to err on that side of caution and do the best you can to at least help spread the disease. Um, and that started with individuals, but I also think it's gone to employers. Great. George, our last three minutes here. So, so, so as I'm thinking about employers being careful, many of them have employees who are outward facing or interacting more with the public or maybe it's a sales job or something like that. So can an employer, uh, you know, could I send uh, George uh, on an assignment instead of Susie because George is vaccinated and, and Susie isn't? I mean, will, will vaccinations come into play in terms of uh, the assignment of work responsibilities or can it uh, even as, as employers are thinking about, I want to be careful, I don't want um, you know, George to get exposed if he's out. Um, help me understand how an employer might do that in the last couple of minutes here. Yeah, I, that's a great question, Jeff. Uh, I think the reality is that when you look at employment laws, there are discrimination laws in place. Um, you know, there are protected classes of individuals, and that includes some individuals with disabilities, uh, you know, gender specific protections. Uh, racial and cultural perspective uh, uh, protections. I don't know where that vaccinated, unvaccinated 
uh, category would fall. I can tell you that there is much debate about, as you mentioned earlier, can the employer mandate the, sh the vaccination? And in general, we believe they can. However, there is a good argument on the other side because of the emergency use nature of the vaccine that, that maybe that's not the case. But as with the vaccine, where our advice to employers is that they encourage but don't mandate just yet till, uh, till other people maybe can, can plow the trail um, legally, or, and maybe the same with the workload uh, uh, allocation. You know, the big key is maybe not how you allocate the work, but whether or not someone loses out on opportunities to grow or be promoted or to earn because they're not given those opportunities. So in that sales example that you mentioned, if Susie doesn't go out because she's not vaccinated and she loses a million dollars in sale to Sam uh, and Sam gets the million dollar sale, does Susie have a claim against her employer? And I, I don't think so. I think that again, this goes back to our advice is generally it's a condition of employment. If you're going to be doing this job, you have to have these sets of qualifications, and this is what we expect of you. Um, but again, the emergency use authorization nature of the all three of our vaccines right now is throwing a wrench in the works. Right. Well, I'll, 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 uh, George, you've done a terrific job helping us better um, understand this today. Some very complicated legal issues. I, I think were uh, some terrific advice to employers. And, and as George said earlier, um, uh, you know, encourage you to to call your attorney, uh, the folks that you deal with normally on employment law, you know, kind of issues. And uh, obviously, these things are changing uh, very rapidly. And, and George, we really appreciate your perspective today, and grateful for the good work that you uh, do on the show uh, normally too. And and I'm most anxious that we get back to some normalcy on, on our shows and, and look forward to having you uh, back. But, but today, it was great to pick your brain a little bit on, on this important topic. Thanks, Jeff. And I can't wait to be back with you in the studio and out there in the field. Great. Well, thanks, George. That's it for our show today. Thank you for watching on WNIT or listening to our podcast. To watch this episode again, any of our past episodes, you can find Economic Outlook at WNIT.org or find our podcast on most major podcast platforms. We also encourage you to like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. I'm Jeff Gray. I'll see you next week. This WNIT local production has been made possible in part by viewers like you. Thank you.